Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Feeling a bit lonely this week. Feel, 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 <laughs> yeah, missing, missing our uh, our co-hosts this yeah, week. It's just the boys back. Yeah. Uh, so I'll have to have more guests on. Just we would, we will, we will. I think it's uh, definitely uh, all the better for having some guests yeah, on. Just to do so, Mitch, here we are again. Yeah. Spiritual gifts part two. Yes. Very exciting. Thank you again for the teaching on Sunday. Um, really, really. Um, yeah, beautiful imagery that Paul gives us in, in mm. 1 Corinthians 12. All the more beautiful for Alice having read it so well. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, well. always good. I reckon I reckon that is definitely a, if not a spiritual gift, definitely an attribute of being able to read yeah. things well and powerfully. Yeah, I'm looking at the, the shape course or shape questions and yeah, reading's not one of them. Maybe can yeah. classified as teaching prophecy I don't know yeah well this is this is something that we'll get into today I kind of want to ask you Mitch what um do you see as the importance of spiritual gifts for like us today as a church as Christians as a world yeah I I like that definition because some people define spiritual gifts as like your natural abilities Mm. Uh, I like that definition where it's known as like a gift that's been given to you at salvation Mm. So perhaps you may have had a natural attribute. Say if you're extroverted by nature mm. and you become a Christian and that extroversion, you have the gift of teaching. Mm. Like that's, so I like that idea that it's a gift that's given to you at salvation. Mm. And its purpose is to bless the body. Mm. Like what Paul says is we're not an eye or an ear or a foot. Mm. And so each part plays a role. And it's yeah. not to serve like yourself, it's to serve the body. So... Mm. That's how I see it today is that, yeah, um, and look, and like, it depends on what list you say. Like we are saying, oh, yeah, this list here from the shape quiz, it doesn't have like speaking in tongues or any of the charismatic sure. healing, but yeah, there's a variety mm. of gifts and yeah, there's different passages across the New Testament, which describe some of those giftings. And, yeah. Yeah. How God's wider, some for administration, some for serving, yeah. some for mercy, some will, yeah, I believe have prophetic insights mm. into lives and yeah, they've sure. got a cousin who can do that yeah. she will sort of see pictures and yeah yeah i've had a few people kind of speak words over which came true so you're yeah, like yeah. okay well there's if yeah. that's the mark of a prophet if someone says something from god and it comes true you're like well sure there you go yeah yeah, right. yeah. no absolutely absolutely uh-huh. and um i love the analogy that you brought i think we we need more props in church i love the tambourine <laughs> yes. it was great I have a question. Yes. Were you aware that you were riffing off Chris Rock? I was not, actually. So his latest stand-up special is Tambourine. Yeah. It does, does have some obscenity in it, but yeah. the, he's literally the title of the um, stand-up special is Tambourine. It's all about, in a marriage, how it's like you're in a band, okay, <laughs> and yeah. at different times you've got to play different instruments. And he says, sometimes you're on lead guitar and sometimes you're on tambourine. Uh, But like the kind of like added thing that I love that he puts is, um, and when you're on tambourine, you got to play it well. It's like, it's like everyone wants to see a happy tambourine player. No one wants to go to a show and see a mad tambourine player. And I reckon that's a really beautiful little yeah, addition to that idea of 
whatever instrument you have, like do it with joy and yeah. do it well and do it with a full heart, right? I actually was looking for a triangle. That's yes. why well. I couldn't find one in the um, music stuff. No, I haven't actually watched Chris Rock. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, no it is idea. obviously a very worldly stand-up that has a lot of inappropriate parts yeah, in it, so, yeah. but it is interesting in that one yeah. joke. And then the other thing that I thought of, just I'm showing how much stand-up and, and skits <laughs> I watch, is have you ever seen the SNL skit More Cowbell? with Will Ferrell and Christopher Walken. No. So it's the, uh, essentially, the, I forget what band it is, it's some 70s band that are doing like a recording of this song in the studio. And uh, Will Ferrell is this like, you know, cowbell player who's just like in there and he's just playing it with like all the joy in the world and he's like belly's kind of falling out from this super tight shirt and like he's kind of like knocking over like the other like you know the keyboardist or whatever and every time Christopher Walken keeps on coming in it's like I got a fever <laughs> the only prescription is more cowbell and it's like this idea of like even those small things done like enthusiastically and wholeheartedly can be such a joy and bring so much light into the world yeah. I love that idea yeah and I guess that's what Paul's really hammering on with the Corinthians. Like I said on Sunday, it's a pretty messed up church. Yeah. Yeah, lots of problems there. And so chapters 12 to 14, I mean, to be read as one sort of entity. Mm. Uh, obviously didn't have time to go through. Mm. So yeah, chapter 12 sort of setting up the, I guess, here's the solution to the problem. And then he, at the end of um, chapter 12, he talks about, well, I'm going to show you yeah, a more excellent way of living and it's mm. the love passage that famous love passage which gets read at weddings but yeah. it's actually the context of it is connected in with spiritual gifts and then he goes on with the gift of prophecy and tongues and yada yada and so and having this orderly worship so it's yeah. not just church isn't just for the tongue speakers yeah. or the, the prophets it's yeah. for everyone yeah 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 so, no uh, yeah. it's very cool it's very cool and so there was uh sort of these uh these two greek words that you brought up which was uh charismatos and pneumatikos is that yeah, correct yeah, yeah that sounds right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. let's let's, let's just go, go that. that look I, I, you know we uh, as i said at college we don't actually know how it's pronounced because it's a different language so you know we can chuck our own little as long as we say it with confidence yeah that's, that's the importance. Yeah. So how would you sort of differentiate these two words? Because almost yeah. like Paul would have used the same word, mm. right? Yeah. So Paul uses two different words. And, and, and what is the difference? How do you see those two things uh, differentiating? Yeah, so, um, so from reading from commentators, the, sense, the consensus seems to be is that the, the uh, pneumica, pneumicatos, um, sure. spiritual gifts, you know, spiritual things, yeah. um, even spiritual people, it could be... Translate that way, it was used of people that predominantly were the tongue speakers, the who had the gift of tongues, glossia, tongues, or the prophets. And so Paul is using a different word, um, charisma, charismatos, to show more of a variety. That, that's really, yeah, that means the same things, but that seems to be what the consensus is. He's using a different word to kind of move away from this idea of the tongue speakers as mm. the spiritual people. Because mm. yeah, in Corinth, lots of people spoke esoteric languages of the mm. gods. It was quite a common thing. And Just for people who don't know what esoteric means. What oh, like, like, like religious, like kind of strange, sort sure. of like otherworldly sure. like, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, languages. Because he even says at the beginning of um, chapter 12, he's like, you know, when you were pagans somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. And so when the Corinthians were worshipping these other idols, you would get into this sort of almost spiritual fervour and mm. be trying to communicate with 
the gods and using other languages. So there's, yeah, it's where, yeah, in the New Testament, there's so, there's so a few uses of, of tongues. Mm. So in Acts, at the day of Pentecost, yeah. probably the best reading of the word tongues there, Glossia, is that there were human languages. Sure. So this reversal of Babel. Yeah. So the languages are confused. People can't understand where Luke, he shows that all these people from around the world, yeah. like if you read it, Jews are traveling everywhere. It's across the known world coming to Jerusalem. And even that's a powerful image because Babel is the, yeah, it means, you know, Babylon, Babel, like confusion. Yeah. And so Babel is always con contrast with Jerusalem. Sure. I've taken the book of Revelation. So this idea that the nations, even if those Jews, they're coming from around the world back to Jerusalem, yeah, which yeah. is what the prophets hoped. Mm. Isaiah foresaw that, Micah foresaw that. Mm. So the fact they can understand each other it's this new humanity mm. sort of so that's acts there and that's probably how i read it. it's not so much the angelic tongues sure or which the, then paul kind of talks about yeah and this seems of, to be a different yeah. sort of tongues there's not just mm. tongues that people can understand like a language it seems to be a spiritual mm -hmm. yeah and and then part of that you need an interpreter to understand that and so mm. yeah like i've been in prayer groups and people have been praying in tongues and yeah, I know people who do that. That's mm. not a gifting I have. Mm. What was your What was your experience when you were in a space where somebody was praying in tongues? Oh, I, I found it quite interesting. I thought, oh, that's mm. cool. Um, look, like, I guess like all things, it can be abused. I've known people in churches who admitted they made up speaking in tongues because yeah, sure. they wanted to sort of... Out of out of all the spiritual gifts, it's probably a pretty easy one to fake. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and look, it turns on the... Yeah, so he was in a very charismatic church where the pastor there taught if you weren't speaking in tongues, you weren't a Christian. Mm. So, yeah, he made an effort to mm. <laughs> do that. Um, yeah, where I think it is a legitimate gift that can mm. be used. Um, mm. Yeah, in the book of Romans, it talks about the spirit groaning. We don't know what to say. Mm. And I've been listening to N.T. Wright, and he talks about that, like this, the, the gift of tongues is part of that groaning, he says, like it's... Mm. He's saying there's things in this world you just don't even know where to begin to pray for. So mm. in some ways, like, gift of tongues is a way to be praying that because we just don't know what to pray. So the yeah. Spirit gives us that ability. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So some people find it deeply um, rewarding and encouraging to yeah. speaking in tongues. Where, yeah. Oh, because I don't have the gift. I've never sort of, mm. yeah, actively mm. pursued it. Yeah. But I know it is something that... Yeah, same with the gift of prophecy. Like I wouldn't say I'm a prophet. Certainly, God's spoken to me, mm. like words, like mm. almost as day clear as day. Um, yeah, knowing that this is the direction to head. But I wouldn't say I. Some people get a prophecy over it, like they'll see a vision and yeah. it come true. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's probably not what I say. It's more of this. I've very rarely been like a like a word, like almost an audible, do this or this real strong sense. Yeah, you can't, I can't explain it. It feels yeah. like do this, and then mm. yeah, it's happened, and it's yeah. opened the door that God wanted. So, yeah, I feel like what, what's kind of coming up here a bit mm. um, is you know, there's I don't, I don't I'm not going to say every spiritual gift, but there's mm. probably a lot of spiritual gifts that have subcategories of yeah. their own as mm. well, which is interesting. Like if in prophecy, whether it's mm. like a more 
you know, fortune telly oracle sort of style mm. prophecy of speaking about someone's future and the yeah. plans God has for them, or whether it's sort of a word of encouragement, mm. which can maybe still have some prophetic significance yeah. for them. Like, oh, you know, I mean, I've had moments where I've given people like prophetic visions mm. where like it meant nothing for me. Mm. And they're just like, whoa, like sometimes yeah. they like cry. And so they're just like, really, I'm like, okay, obviously like that's something beyond my yeah. <laughs> sort of understanding. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, likewise, I have had an experience of like interpreting someone's tongue, which mm. was like quite a unique experience for me that has only happened once. Yeah. Um, and then in another time, I quite often in my own like private worship, like to kind of pray in tongues. Mm. And I find that very edifying for, yeah, sometimes I just feel like I don't know what to mm. say. Um, so it is like a really fascinating thing. And I definitely think that People can get very scared of it because I think it is um, something which isn't maybe super clear cut. <laughs> you know, yeah. there is this like blurriness. I guess too. it can be open to abuse. Totally, um, totally. I guess that's like anything. Like teaching can be open to abuse. Yeah, I'm You can make the Bible say whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Because you have that charismatic background like you grew up. Yeah. In, so you yeah. are a lot more aware of this than like, my background. Yeah, and I think it's like interesting as well. I think, um, yeah, I think that this is fair to share. The like church that I grew up in had a really interesting like season of movement where um, there was a yeah like new sort of leader who came in um, who sort of brought a much more charismatic, which is kind of ironic that I'm using that word, <laughs> um, but yeah, a much more sort of prophetic spiritual mm. gifts expression of worship during a service. Uh, and there were some people who were really, really against that and really hated it and like pretty much left the church. Um, and at that same time, as some people were leaving, there was sort of these new kind of families and groups who were coming who were very attracted to that style. Yeah. Um, but then ironically, what ended up happening, you know, a little bit later on is there were maybe some people who wanted to maybe go even further in that. And at that point, you know, the pastor wanted to be like, well, hold on, we've got to kind of find that balance. And, and a lot of them, or not a lot, but some of them mm -hmm. left as well. So it's kind of interesting, like yeah. in my journey with that church, I saw people who didn't want spiritual ex yeah. gifts expressed during at least a normal service, service yeah. uh, and then also saw people who wanted that a lot yeah. more than what the leadership team currently um, felt God wanting mm. for that church. So it's really fascinating. It can it be is, a really yeah. divisive thing. It can right? be, yeah. And look, I'm, I was thinking like more, like say teaching, because that's like my sure. gift, is that that can become, like if you're just a pure teaching church, it just can become so cerebral. Yeah, that yeah, definitely. People just don't even know yeah, almost have no emotion. It's mm. just pure. Mm. Yeah. So I think know, we've... You, yeah, sorry. Yeah, oh, I was just thinking, like, yeah, this like, church I grew up, I'd say, like, it had a very strong teaching element. Not all of it I'd agree with now. But, yeah, that was probably the, the primary focus. Mm. And so, yeah, you can swing way too far the other way. Sure. And just, yeah, almost be, yeah, we preach the gospel. That's it. Instead of... Yeah, I hate how like there's some churches that say, "Oh, we are social justice," and then like oh, we preach. It's like, well, that's actually like unhealthy. Like you need to be everything. Mm. And Jesus was the master exegete. Mm. He was the master social justice warrior. To mm. use that expression, like he mm. did both, and there yeah, wasn't yeah, this yeah. tension. 
Yeah, he was yeah, a kind yeah. of a teacher and a doer. Yeah, so, mm. yeah, and that's, I think going back to Sunday where I got everyone to stand up is, like, well, that's wise. Like, I have these certain set of giftings and my top three are, yeah, prophecy and teaching were both like, mm. scored equally mm. and administration. Like, that's sort mm. of my, like, that's kind of my area. Yeah, yeah. I need others who can be, yeah, the, mm. the pastoral carers, the, mm. the prayers, the intercessors, the go and visit people, the... Mm. Yeah, like that's, mm. and I'm cool with that. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try, I'm not trying to be everything, and I yeah, shouldn't yeah, yeah. be. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's why sure. we have a team. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so, it was interesting. We kind of spoke mm. about this idea of um, the danger of you know spiritual gifts obviously being abused. Spiritual mm. gifts, you know, are obviously, uh, yeah. Being abused. What would you say on the flip side is maybe the danger of having something that's just focusing on teaching or maybe even just focusing on teaching and social justice yeah. and not focusing on that spiritual you know manifestation yeah. well there's i think there's opportunities there that miss out on what god is mm. leading mm. um yeah when i think it's a danger i have to be careful with is that the bible can just become like almost like a textbook mm. and exegeting becomes like a puzzle mm. to discover new words or new connections mm. or yeah rather than the living breathing word of god mm. um mm. yeah one of the things that the jews saw and it's interesting at their weddings they will have candles mm. and that's to represent sinai sinai yahweh's presence came down with fire mm. and this great thunderstorm and yeah, it's this terrifying spectacle, and that's where yeah Moses you know pencils out the Ten Commandments and gives Torah. Mm. In a sense, it was like a wedding because mm. um, there's this covenant ceremony. It's really weird. There's blood. Moses sprinkles. Have you read it? Exodus yeah, three. Yeah, well, he yeah. sprinkles blood on the people, and they go yeah. up and have a feast. Moses and Aaron and the seventy elders, and it's like a marriage. And so, when the Jews got married, part of the lighting candles, it was to sort of be a little snapshot of um, Sinai. Mm. Is that yeah and. For, for me, that, that can be the danger too, is I can forget that, that this is the word of God, like the same God that revealed himself to the Israelites mm. is the one. Yeah, sure, this is a translation of mm. those words, but still God's spirit speaks through that. Mm. And just that, that, that's a tension that I have to be careful with, not just mm. become like a bookworm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> be like, oh, yeah, this is cool stuff, and then not actually apply it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Got to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. Yeah. And so that's probably a danger that a teacher can fall into because it can just become a little bit up here and not so feety. Mm. Mm. So, totally. Yeah. So I'm aware of that. That's one of the dangers I have to be careful of. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I, I imagine like nobody has, has the balance right, right? Everyone's probably like a bit too far on one side yeah, of, the, of, of the tightrope yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I know people who are the real social justice focused yeah, they'll do really, really good things. And it's like, but no one actually hears about Jesus. Sure, sure. And it's like, well, there are a lot of secular organizations. Like, what differentiates us from a secular? Sure. Yeah, that was a problem the last church had, that they had the, um, the op shop. Mm -hmm. And it was this real tension of like, oh, like no one's actually come to faith. <laughs> like, we just sure. have this shop here and... Yeah, we do mm. lots of good things, and mm. people knew that. So, mm. for hard, it can be hard. We mm. can become so. Yeah. Because it's the why we have a body. Totally. And different 
yeah, parts yeah, do yeah. things and yeah. being aware of that. So yeah, yeah. I, I almost see it like as a triangle, like kind of wanting to be like in the center of you know head, heart, and hands, mm, right? Mm, and mm. trying to find that balance. So you were um, obviously the uh, church in Corinth that Paul is writing yeah. to are um, uh, putting too much of an emphasis on uh yeah the more pneumatikos to use yeah, the yeah, sort yeah, of the yeah, greek yeah, word yeah. the more um supernatural spiritual yeah. gifts is maybe a good way to yeah, put it yeah, yeah. Uh, and not putting enough emphasis on the charismatos the more maybe earthly clerical yeah. um the less cool gifts yeah the less cool gifts is maybe the way to it yeah. do you think that like sometimes in the west we can almost be guilty of like flipping it and really valuing the admins yeah i actually <laughs> think so yeah it's it was, i was reading one book and it said we have the opposite problem here in the west is that yeah a lot of churches particularly bigger churches they don't want a pastor they almost want a ceo sure like if you run a church it's got yeah, a thousand people. Yeah. You need some pretty good admin skills. Totally. So, yeah, and and it can be quite easy to get sucked into that world mm. of... Yeah, like I've got a number of books written by Christian authors on strategic planning and leadership. And mm. and sometimes I read them and I think, oh, look, there's not much difference between this. There's a really famous leadership book called Good to Great by Jim Collins. Mm. And I sort of read that and I read some other. And I was like, apart from like a bit of like Christianese, like Good to Great. and <laughs> Some Bible passages. Yeah, yeah. Like there. there's not really much difference. In fact, I always prefer Good to Great because I'm like, oh, no, this guy's not a Christian. Like, uh, and you can draw out Christian principles. And when you're writing it kind of with a thinly veiled Christian veneer, yeah. it's almost worse because you just use a verse maybe out of context to kind mm. of justify yeah, yeah, yeah. your point. So, mm. yeah, and that's probably one of the yeah, dangers we have here in the West. And yeah. Look, yeah, I guess like all things are balanced because you need to have good leadership mm. skills. Um, mm. Yeah, Solomon, okay, the guy... He didn't end his life well, but he yeah, had right. lots of wisdom, and yeah. that was yeah, yeah. the model of what yeah. uh, a Israelite king was meant to be—someone who had yeah. lots of wisdom and could yeah, yeah, yeah. say proverbs, knew lots about animals, could administer justice properly. Mm. Could yeah, like his beautiful prayer at the dedication of the temple is yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, that's a gorgeous prayer, mm. uh, and yeah, and similar to um, Joseph, he's no one, like yeah. brilliant administrator. Come on, yeah, um, Daniel. Man, a dude like he ran Babylon, bro. Yeah, <laughs> was, yeah. Sure, there was Nebuchadnezzar, and then there was um, Belshazzar, and then um, oh gosh, I've forgotten the king who threw him in was Daniel Lyons Den, but the the Persian, the Medo Persian king. Uh, is it Nebuchadnezzar? No, no, he's a Babylonian king. Anyway, he'll come to me. Yeah. Anyway, the point is that Daniel was running the show. He was yeah, second yeah, in yeah. charge. Like, yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. so he'd bring administration. Yeah, skills. yeah, yeah. That no, um, for sure. And then. Like, I'm just kind of, as you're, like, talking about people who have, like, different spiritual gifts, um, I was kind of thinking about, um, like, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, who gives him, like, in this moment, uh, in, like, numbers, isn't it, when he's kind of, like, trying to figure out how to, um, like, manage all of these, like, tribes, because you need to start, like, delegating. So he's, like, this, like, like, what, Midian or Moabite Moabite priest who's, like, giving... Midianite. Midianite priest who, like, obviously has this... Um, skill of like or wisdom of leadership Mm. and then we even see someone like Balaam who obviously has like some sort of like spiritual awareness of God that he's like starts like praying curses like as this witch doctor upon like the Israelites and then like God almost like intercedes in that moment and changes his 
Yeah. yeah change it. We can't actually curse him. Like, he can't. And, and there's that's been... the irony of the whole thing. He... Yeah. And then he actually kind of, in a sense, prophesizes almost Jesus, the scepter, the sure. star of Jacob. Sure. Like, yeah, okay. But the fact that God stops him from cursing yeah. them suggests that he has the power to curse. Yeah. So this is, like, fascinating for me at this point where, like, I don't know about Jethro. Definitely, mm. like, he's kind of seen as this yeah. pagan priest and yeah. then like Balaam is definitely not seen as a Christian or a no, Jew I should yeah, say at yeah, that yeah. point not a you know sort of follower of Yahweh yeah. and yet they seem to have these like deep sort of I don't know would you call them spiritual gifts yeah well, that's a great question I guess you would because I don't think spiritual gifts are necessarily new Testament thing because we yeah. know that they say in the judges their spirit empowers them mm. yeah like the book of judges is complex yeah because say Gideon if you hear the Sunday school version Gideon is a hero <laughs> if you actually read judges he's for itself <laughs> he, he's actually a failure completely but when he's empowered by the spirit that's when yeah he does lead the charge of the 300 against the Midianites, but he takes it too far. And mm. that's probably the part we stop. We stop when Gideon defeats the Midianites, sure. and you keep reading on, you're like, yeah, yeah okay, this guy took it way too far and yeah, starts yeah, punishing yeah. everyone. And then, but yeah, um, Samson was another one. Mm-hmm. Samson's interesting because we do, often think of Samson as being huge. Like, you watch any cartoon or mm. a movie about yeah, him. Yeah, he's always yeah. depicted by this big, muscly guy. Yeah, he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in, like, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't be. Because they would make sense about his strength. If he was a huge guy, go, oh, yeah, he's big because he's, like, Goliath. Sure. Or yeah, yeah, he'd yeah. He'd be this small, yeah. normal-looking with magic. That's why when Delilah's trying to, um, you know, figure out his secret of his strength, yeah. and she, she follows through on, like, the, what we think is just these stupid sort of tie my hair in these braids and do this because I would have thought it was a magical incantation that he's using for his strength. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, but it's God's spirit almost like this empowering, this gift of strength for this moment mm. and then it yeah. goes away. Because that's kind of how the text reads. He, the lion attacks him, the spirit comes on him, he can do sure, it. Sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, is it just a constant strength thing or is it just, yeah. Mm. So... It's really fascinating. It is. It's fascinating. So. Yeah. Which then kind of goes on to the other thing of, yeah, like strength isn't um, specified in any list of spiritual gifts no. like in the New Testament. No. Uh, and yeah, but apologies if I've like said this like before, but like um, in Stott's book, like baptism and fullness of baptism, he talks about how like th- these aren't conclusive lists. Mm. It's the idea that like... These are these are the start yeah. of yeah like who knows like maybe like an infinite list because the reality is like in this day and age, there's people who are really skilled with IT stuff yeah, <laughs> that like I'd almost like call a spiritual gift. It's almost yeah. like they're speaking another language when they're coding yeah. or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah it is interesting because the problem with one and two Corinthians is that what like say you've got the first letter the the church from Corinth is sent to Paul. What we call one Corinthians is Paul's response. Then there's a response to 1 Corinthians. Mm. And then there's what we call true Corinthians. And so there's even some debate whether or not true Corinthians is a response. Like after that, you know, second response, or is it sure. response after the third? Like there's even like I've heard debates about yeah. that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we're missing like a fair chunk of, of letters stuff. to the Corinthians. Yeah, like we're missing yeah, a lot yeah, of context. Yeah. So, so kind even of... like this list, it could just be. Yeah. So 1 Corinthians yeah. is at least 2 Corinthians yeah, as far as the yeah. amount of letters that Paul yeah, said. Yeah. And then 2 Corinthians is probably mm. at least 4 Corinthians. Yeah, like there's yeah. Yeah, 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 a yeah. lot of space and we just don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 
But I think, yeah, to use Paul's yeah, metaphor or parable, however you want to call it, mm. of the body, it's that, yeah, even the... Yeah, and he says it, you know, like I mentioned on Sunday, the foot, he starts off with a foot, very deliberate. Mm. The filthy, unclean part yeah. in the ancient world. Right hand, this is the hand that you want. Yeah, yeah your feet, you don't. Yeah, that's why Jesus washing feet. John mm. the Baptist saying, I'm not even worthy to stoop down and untie your sandals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't yeah. kind of get the, just the shame of the mm. foot. And Paul's saying, yeah, yeah, even near the shameful parts. Mm. And even like the private parts, he says, actually, we actually treat them with more respect. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you wear, you know, you wear a bracelet on your wrist, or you know, something nice on your head. Mm. You don't put something nice down there; you cover it up. But yeah, in, yeah. in that other way, in a sense, you are showing more respect to it. So we need those mm. indispensable parts. Yeah, they're actually the parts that give us life. Yeah, like and literally. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. so. And I guess too, that's part of the church. The parts that we think aren't that honourable that was that quote from Malterman about yeah uh, do you have it there I, thought, I kind of I don't tried actually to, I yeah I, I'm not sure what I did with it I thought I had it I had it printed out on Sunday and I seem to have uh, thrown out here the sheet I've, I've got a Muzz paraphrase oh, of that's it right. so this is oh you could, you'll oh, probably paraphrase just, it better yeah it was basically just like well yeah those with disabilities those who've suffered trauma they're actually the parts that offer so much more to the church than we could yeah ever imagine the finest quote. Mm. Not even what I did with it. Oh, here it is. Yeah, to I teach us so. all. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, I the, yeah, I guess the Christian believers who bring with them disabilities, uh, privations, or experiences of suffering may be the most precious and charismatic. He has a part of the body, because every church stands in genuine need of such to live out and to teach the character of the gospel. That's from his book, The Spirit of Life. So, yeah. so how do you see that? Because I've got kind of an idea in my head of how that could actually manifest itself. Yep. But how do you see that, like, as people who, yeah, are downcast, yeah. who are experiencing or have experienced mm. trauma, who are coming, you know, in some way with disabilities? Yeah. How do you see them as maybe yeah. being the most charismatic? Important. Yeah, I see it as it encourages the church to live out, in a sense, some of the teachings which we often say just verbally yeah sure shots to say like looking here at the the gifting score it's got here mercy showing um serving um encouragement or even giving i see like that's a way to live that out mm. if you've got and i think too like having ash and ash's cp cerebral palsy is very mild but you learn a lot from people who live with um challenges and learn to overcome mm. and there's often a thankfulness which able-bodied people don't have <laughs> and there's this yeah. thirst for life i remember that like in hospital with him there's this thirst for life which i found deeply and i think that's what pushed me on this journey to explore yeah the recreation of the heaven and the earth in depth a lot more than what i understood is that yeah this kid's holding on for life there's something about here mm -hmm. this preciousness of it and so yeah i've just found that journey with asher through therapy learning that there's this real you learn to take joy in, mm -hmm. in these smaller moments. So that's how I see one part mm -hmm. is you start to live out. Yeah, learning to deal with people with trauma, it's, you know, you're actually showing the, being forced to show the love of Jesus. And it's a messiness of life. Like it's, yeah, it's hard. Like if you're not trained in this stuff, it's hard when someone like reveals, you know, a past trauma in their life, you're like, oh, okay. 
And so that means that they're going to come with all sorts of baggage and issues and... Mm. Yeah, we sometimes just like church and neat and clean. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite easy about a very ordered service. Come in, yeah. have your songs, do your offering, do a prayer, do a sermon, then go home. It's all kind of nice and orderly and clean. Yeah, yeah, but life yeah. is messy and yeah, it, yeah, it forces us to, to just the reality of living in a sinful world. And mm. yeah, it points us to a need for a saviour more mm. than just a... That's how I see it. How yeah. Oh, like, look, yeah, definitely everything you've said. Um, I'm going to, there's a um, book by Henry Nouwen or Henri Nouwen, yeah, however yeah, you want to, yeah, yeah. I forget the name of um, the um, Adam, boy. God's beloved. Adam, yeah. Adam, yeah, he looked after this, like, boy. It's a great book. Had disabilities. There was this, this idea yeah. of, I mean, he was already, like, quite a renowned and, and you know, sort of well-known um, spiritual, like Christian spiritual teacher at that point in his life, but yeah, how he talks about how much Adam taught him, um, like, and not not just in thankfulness, but also like in patience. <laughs> you know, like just the pace at which Adam. Yeah. Um, yeah to be honest, I, I kind of forget exactly what well, his disabilities were, but he, I intellectually challenged that. Adam was. I read the book a few years back. He was non-verbal. Yeah, he's passed away now. And I remember in the early chapter, he said he absolutely hated it. Like, yeah. He hated it. He was just yeah. so out Which I love, like, he's so honest, like, about he it. He just like... wanted to go back to teaching and writing. Yeah. That was what he wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a great book. If you can get your hand. I've got a digital copy of it. Really, really good book. Yeah. Really so, like, I, I had to read excerpts of it for a class, yeah. but it's, like, I think a lot in that of not just teaching us almost intellectually, but teaching our mm. heart <laughs> as yeah. well. Um yeah, so I think that's really fascinating. And I think also maybe even um, it's very easy um, to, you know, catch up with, uh, you know, somebody who I'm already a good friend with and, mm. like, pastorally care for them and we can, like, talk about all the same things yeah, yeah. and, like, you know, it's great, you know. Um, but when you're suddenly needing to journey with somebody who is really, like, mm. in, a, in a valley, really... Um, that's probably when you need to start as like a pastor or like mm. whatever it is, really relying on the strength of the Holy Spirit because mm. this, is, this is outside my, yeah. you know, sort of domain and power and strength. Yeah. Um, I when I'm weak, then I am strong. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, this is the thing with giftings, I guess, like all, all current research shows that when you are like working or serving in your giftings, in your strengths, you're mm. going to be happier. But they'll say, well, that's good and, you know, I love doing serving in my giftings there's also that challenge of being pushed outside your comfort zone mm. yeah, and it's yeah and I've, I think that's one of the things with having Asher is it did push us more Rachel than me because she did most of the therapy but I remember taking him in and seeing these poor kitties just in wheelchairs and then yeah it is it can be quite confronting and totally like, you're not used to this sort of world of no yeah and it does make you kind of reflect upon that yeah, it, it, le- it leads to deep questions I found of why would God allow this? And, yeah, so yeah. Anyway, we're kind of veering off spiritual gifts, but yeah, it's all. Yeah, I mean, but I think it like uh, all feeds back yeah. into this idea of like, like the okay. um, the weaker or mm. less honourable. Yeah, you know, I want to be careful in what I say when I'm talking about literal people. Something, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, like how it is so much value mm. um, and so much importance, and how the body is all the stronger for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really and cool. That's, and I think that's what Paul's really getting at when he's saying that. And, yeah, you know, about the foot. Well, you know, the ear. Well, I'm not an eye. 
but yeah, you need me, and yeah, we need all of us. And so, mm. yeah, it's a it's a ah, oh, it's a fantastic parable, um, mm. parable metaphor. If you want yeah, to call yeah, it, yeah. it's just it's brilliant. I think too, just so simple. And look at the yeah, how we need. And I was sharing just with like to my background of exercise science, the multifidus, like just yeah, this tiny muscle in the back, spines. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if that's sort of out of whack, you're going to be in a fair bit of pain. That's mm. often. Mm. Cool. A lot of back pains was caused because of that. Mm. Sitting down too long. Oh, you even yeah. shared that story uh, of the elderly gentleman who at the church who would like clean or tidy up before church. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Would you be able to quickly share that? Yeah, yeah. Close, yeah. I think that's a um, great sort of. Yeah. So I, a number of years ago, I heard a story about this church. They hired a um, like a community hall for their services, and there was one old gentleman. He would clean up. He'd come in early Sunday morning before setup and clean up. Now he passed away, and then the setup team rocked up and the hall was just filthy from the night before and then that's when they realised that he'd been doing this yeah, yeah. he hadn't told anyone mm. and so yeah that was just that real servant hearted mm. just cleaning up this hall before anyone knew about it Yeah. And so when the setup team came to get ready for church it was all done for them that's so, beautiful yeah found out when he died it's pretty pretty incredible like, yeah so mm. that's yeah. all part of the body <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, we have uh, finished for now with, mm. with spiritual gifts. So, uh, Murray, uh, what, what are we doing this Sunday? Yeah, well, over to me <laughs> with heart, uh, yeah. which I'm really excited at looking at. Uh, looking at, yeah, the value of emotion and the strength of emotion mm. and how uh, our emotions can act as a compass for where we are meant to be in God's mm. body. Um, so without sounding too much like Rick Warren, what makes you mad, what makes you sad, what makes you glad? <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, really excited to, yeah, just encourage people to also not just think about what brings you joy, but, yeah, what, like, breaks your heart, what, like, mm. you know, gets you mad because there's moments where Jesus got mad. So yeah. there's a place for it. And what value does that have for us in yeah. serving, um, and yeah, being part of the body. So that that's good. It's all taste of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking <laughs> forward to it, man. Well, thank you as always. Yeah, um, yeah and I'll look forward to uh, seeing you on Sunday. Yeah, I'll be seeing okay. if you're taking notes. Yes. <laughs> 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 all right, guys. See you then. Right, see you, Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed. <laughs>